Hello and welcome to Second Cherry, almost a Eurovision podcast. We're back with another bonus episode. Yes, hello and welcome to Second Cherry. I'm Matt. And I'm Monty. This is the podcast that revives the songs that didn't make it to the Eurovision Song Contest. Each week we take you through a different country's national final and pick the song that we think deserves a second chance. A second bite of the cherry. And at the end of the series, it's you, the listeners, that vote uh, for your favourites. And at our live event, we crown the winner of the Second Cherry Song Contest. Now, Monty, this is a bonus episode, so what the hell are we doing? Well, we've said that introduction four times now this year, and none of those occasions have we actually (laughs) spoken about the songs that didn't get to the contest. We've used all of those opportunities to talk about the songs that did. And, well, we said we were going to be back after Eurovision, and then we've sat online with online access to the press centre to watch the rehearsals. And we've gotten a bit bloody excited, so we thought we'd bring you a whole bonus episode. Although, this is this was requested um, by a listener who said that um, maybe you guys should do something in between Eurovision and rehearsal, so, you know. Oh, so special requests. Special requests. Oh, uh, public demands. I think it was Zach. I don't care who it was. If I, I don't care who's clamouring, as long as they're clamouring, that's not... so yeah so we said we'll drop in one and we're going to basically be reviewing the rehearsals that we've seen so far we have seen all of the rehearsals and yeah i think we just want to just sort of jump in and just sort of tell you how we've interpreted these (laughs) these rehearsals so we have been sitting watching a screen all week, as we have been doing all year, really. Um, it has been fantastic, actually. I have to say that they've done a really good job of the online press centre. They obviously wanted to cut down the number of people who were on site in Rotterdam, and so they've limited the maximum number of journalists who can be on site to 500. At this stage, obviously, a lot of journalists don't get there until you know, the semi-finals or even until the final. Um, so it's really cut down the number of people who are on the ground. But they've made a thousand, I think, um, app, uh, accreditations available for the online press centre so we can log in and we can watch a secure stream and we can see everything that we would see from the press centre, including the press conferences and we can drop questions in. So I, I hats off to the EBU and, you know, whichever platform and company they've got to organize this for them but they've done a really really good job yeah i think there were a couple of tech issues at the start but my argument is that that always happens at eurovision almost definitely when you're in the press center when you're there the first time they flick on the screen and you say oh here's the first rehearsal it almost definitely never comes up there's never (laughs) a day one without a couple of hiccups and teething problems you know, actually, I think it's gone really smoothly. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's been really good. There's been a couple of times where I've had to miss re- the odd rehearsal because it just it just didn't come through. But mm-hmm. as I said, I think they've ironed all that out. But let's see, we, we, when we record this, um, it's before the point where all the journalists really like just descend onto the whole contest. So I wonder with the up 
the ups numbers of people on the platform would it be get slower i don't know but we'll yeah. see but it, i i think it's incredible how everything's at your fingertips all the information is just there you can check schedules and things like that so i think this is here to stay i would imagine so yeah and actually there's something to be said for doing the first few days from home and then going to the whole city cuts down on your hotel bill and you know there's not that much going on the first few days anyway so and obviously you know there's even less in Rotterdam this year um you know nothing no parties no mingling Mm. no fun well lots of fun but fun in a different way yeah we'll make our own fun yeah (laughs) so we have been watching the rehearsals for you and what we thought we'd do is we're not going to obviously talk through all of the songs that's there it's a lot of songs to talk through we are going to bring you what we thought were our surprises what have been our disappointments and what we think is looking good So Monty, let's start with our surprise rehearsals. Um, kick us off. What country has surprised you? The first country that I'm going to choose as a surprise is Cyprus. Now, it's strange maybe for me to have that as a surprise because it was my favourite song going in. But what I was surprised about was just how bloody good the first rehearsal was. As soon as Elena hit the stage she was just amazing from the first rehearsal this was absolutely nailed on I think there was a lot of questions about oh but can she do it live can she sing all this absolutely she can I just think it's a stunning presentation she's got four dancers with a there's a mirror effect um, which reflects the stage but slightly at an angle so you see the reflection of her and the dancers in there and the moves are just so brilliant I think this is really really slick and for me this is an absolute top 10 yeah I, I can't disagree with that it's bang on what about you Matt uh, well, yes, one of the songs which I really didn't think I would like and was quite low down in my, my personal order was Russia. And then Manisha turns up, she does her first rehearsal, and I'm thinking, this is going to qualify now, which I was a bit, I think on the previous podcast, I was a bit unsure. Uh, this is definitely qualifying. And the potential here for a top 10 finish, potentially potentially but the performance is just I can't explain it it's just it it brings me joy because it's clearly she's there she's having fun she's not quite taking it quite as serious as she could which I love about her she's she she knows that she's singing about something really sort of important you know she's been together all these sort of different women on the backdrop on on these russian women on stage and but she's just doing it this slight glint in her eye like i'm singing about something serious but i'm also bringing new performance and you're gonna you know i'm gonna kind of be really engaging and i just i'm very shocked i didn't think russia would bring this this sort of thing now just to explain that so there is a a big sort of dress which is made up of different fabrics sent from different parts of Russia to symbolize different types of women from all around Russia and then she get and she starts the performance in this kind of overblown dress and she kind of like walks around it like a weird Dalek thing but it just it's just got the right 
kind of whimsy, but still quite respectful. She's doing a lot of facial expressions, which just show her complete kind of exasperation at sort of, you know, what she's expected to do. And I think Adrian made a point, which I think is really good. She's sort of confined by the the expectations and the projections of femininity so much so that within the dress she's even being moved around the stage by the dress you know all of these trappings of femininity are just you know driving her onto all these paths that she's just like hang on a minute what you know what am I doing in here this isn't a surprise for me Mm. I absolutely adore this and I thought this was always going to be um, a potential top tenor but she just enhances the national final performance so nicely and there's lots of positive messages in English um, that people at home will get so even though she's singing mainly in Russian um, and then there's a collage of pictures of women, presumably Russian women, um, that's just projecting a diversity of women in such a lovely way, in such a simple way. There's that gorgeous moment where, you know, there's that chorus that's more folky. It's Borutsia, Borutsia. Absolutely just, that's the point in the Rousing. song where I'm like, that is the thing that's going to make you both just glorious, absolutely glorious. And so nice to have an artist who is bringing a representation of a different side of Russia than we see when we're viewing it through the prism of their government. A hundred percent. This is very good for Russia. Russia PR in inverted commons. It's it's brilliant. It's a so happy that she's there. Absolutely. So Monty, what's your you've got another surprise for us? I have. My second surprise is Ireland. Mm. I really really rate this um she's been slated i think because people don't realize quite what she's doing and i think where you see a view of just the stage this is not a song that is staged for the arena this is staged for television she's got lots of props which she they're kind of miniature props but Mm. the camera perspective makes her look different sizes so she's looking through sort of props of like woodland scenes and they're all quite stylized though and she's under waves and there's a bit where there's rain on the background um and there's some flicker books that's kind of you know sort of you know where the picture moves slightly on each page and you get like an animation effect that bit i'm not quite too sure but the rest of it, I think, is just really, really clever. This is totally for the television. And it's all about the transitions between one prop and one set and another. And then towards the end, it's almost like you break the fourth wall. Um, and she breaks free from that. And you get a long shot of her coming out onto the walkway. And I just think this is really well done. It's almost kind of like we're re- revealing the secret of what we've done. So you understand it. But then it just breaks the performance out a little bit more and brings her into the arena. Um, This is one you really need to see on TV. I'm so glad that we were able to see the stream of what it's actually going to look like on TV. And I just think it's utterly, utterly charming. And it's gone from a borderline qualification for me to, yeah, I think this is through. Yeah, and I think we, I think one of the things which is aimed at her uh, as a negative on this performance is that her vocal suffers because of the amount of stuff. I mean, she really is timing things. She has to get at one point she's on like a treadmill travel aid to thing. It's a lot to be dealing with as a performer. 
And I think the vocal does suffer. However, my point there is, I don't think you have to sing note, note perfect to, you know, to win Eurovision. I don't think Netta sang Toy note for note perfect. So Exactly. But you believed in what was going on on stage. I'm just a fan of her. I just really love Leslie. I hope, I hope it comes across how it should. I think they probably could take about 10% off that stage in a way and still be okay. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of paper crafty stuff on on display, but I hope people get it because it's incredible. There's a lot said when we start to analyse these rehearsals in our geeky, minutiae way. Um, and I, about the fact that you shouldn't rely on, you know, it is a rehearsal, it is getting things right. And I think what happened in the first rehearsal is there's a lot to set up and we didn't get the first run through. That's a closed one. It's not broadcast to the Brit. And I think by the time they'd set everything up and she was just finding her marks. And, you know, so we got to see one run through that wasn't particularly well timed. Mm. Some of that was camera angles. Some of that was her not quite being in position. But I think this is about, this encapsulates what a rehearsal is about. You know, I think it's to the detriment of the commentary around it that people have seen that and only one flawed run through. And then you have to wait another four days to be able to see it again. And then you actually saw what they were trying to do. It came over so much better. So I think that it should. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame, really, that some of the commentary has been quite negative around it. I think when people see it, for me, it's one of the most innovative stagings that Ireland's done for many, many years. Mm. And, you know, really stands out at Eurovision because you are kind of like, oh, hang on, what's going on? It's it's so different. It's very, very charming. And I also like that when it pulls away... You see how analog it all is. It looks like it could be digital effect, but it's not. It's all done through like cameras and frames. And it's all you know cardboard, it, it, yeah. cardboard and cutouts. You know, it is it's pleasingly analog in a digital world. Beautiful, Matt. What's your next surprise? Well, this surprise isn't a song which I think is going to win Eurovision. I don't think it's even going to get top ten. But I'm surprised because I had it completely out of the running to qualify from its semi, and that's Austria. And the reason why, and I said this in the previous podcast, where if he's going to stand on stage and sing the song and look sad, it's just going to be that. It's going to be a bit bland because the song is quite simple. But what they've done with their staging, they've kind of, to explain it, I suppose, they've kind of done some real close up on him. Uh, to kind of emote the the song and then they've used lights to kind of light the way like a walkway and to sort of bind him in like a kind of prison um, it's just so well done very simple very simplistic but just really quite classy and his performance it does get the nuance I've said this before I want if you if you've got a simple song it well people aren't going to buy into it if it's just a simple song it, it's forgettable no matter how good you sing it but he really, really emotes. And I think this is a rehearsal. And I think also when you get to the live performance in the show, he'll just notch it up again. This is this is really, really good. He's And for me, he's qualifying. He's definitely qualifying. I would agree with that, yeah. I think I probably had him in the qualifying anyway. But yeah, it's a really, really lovely performance. So there are surprises, or a selection of our surprises. We, can't, we don't have time to bring you everything that surprised us this week. But what about things that have... Surprise us in a different way. What are our disappointments? 
Matt, what's the first song that's disappointed you? Uh, Romania. And it's a disappointment to me because I thought, here we are, this young, fresh artist who's eager and hungry to be at Eurovision. And then the video that was released with this kind of portrayed the theme of the song. And I thought, I get it. I totally get what you're going for. And then when they brought it to stage, from what we've seen from rehearsals, it doesn't quite translate. I don't quite get the some of the contemporary dancing. She's like in a hoodie, like she's just got off the treadmill at the gym. Um, I don't know. There's, it just feels really low key. And I'm not, I'm not bought, buying into the song. I'm not buying into the song. Um, and I feel like the vocal suffers as the song goes on. We've seen lots of different run-throughs and her vocal does kind of go up and down depending on the run. But I think it's a lot of her to give in terms of choreo, keeping the focus on vocal. And there's this, she's traveling onto the satellite stage. And I just feel like it's a bit much for her and it's just I expected just a little bit better and I think she's in trouble not going to disagree with any of that unfortunately for Romania for me my probably biggest disappointment is Moldova Natalia is on stage with four dancers you know they're they're shirtless underneath their jackets you know things like that should really appeal but the fun's just gone from it. You know, she has one of the best videos this year. It's all around that theme of, you know, the sugar being a metaphor for wanting a man to come over for a booty call and him being like a kid in a sweet shop at the thought of it all. And it's all gone. You know, I wanted dancing ice creams. We haven't got any, you know, not a spinning sorbet, not a gyrating gelato. I mean, can we not have one dancing dessert in all its knickerbocker glory, for goodness sake? <laughs> you know, it's almost like she's dropped all of that sugar into the video and then brought none of it to the Eurovision stage, which to me makes her the ultimate sticker brock tease. <laughs> How long have you been sitting on those? <laughs> I tend to agree, though, Monty, because she, she has everything at her disposal. She's got the stage. You've got the little side screens that, that can, you can drop down. You can do anything. She's and you're got right. the Kirkeroff budget. She's got Kirkeroff on the side. So, you know what? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I still think it's qualifying, but I think you've got your theme, which is so obvious, and you can go batshit crazy with it, yet you've just toned it back. Yeah. It's almost as if she wants to be, you know, this to be perceived as a serious pop song. And fair play... For that I can understand why an artist wants to do that and not be not present something which could be misinterpreted as tacky. You know, my idea certainly would be this. Um, but it just feels as though, you know, you had a USP which everybody turned onto in the video and you've just not bothered to bring it. Very disappointing. So my second disappointing song is Azerbaijan. I think we I think everybody shares this this thought that Matahari is a 2.0 version of Cleopatra. <laughs> and so we thought, well, at very least, we're going to get a Cleopatra big production, over the top, overwrought, flying eagles, sphinxes on stage, you know, whatever. You're going to get something over the top. And again, 
much like Moldova, it's completely stripped back, sort of like different motifs, and you've got a quite a cheap looking snake, if you ask me. <laughs> um, <laughs> literally a snake kind of doing... Which would fit the Cleopatra theme a little bit more, the asp. Yeah. You know, do, do, there is a sort of feeling of this being a little bit recycled <laughs> from last year. Oh, we had this idea. Well, we couldn't use it. Oh, let's use it again. Yeah, like, lads, just hose it down. Yeah, give it a wipe. Yeah, good. Change the graphic to a... Yeah. Well, I wonder why. I wonder whether that's why they've shoehorned in the Cleopatra line. Yeah. You know, to just, you know, make it... Just put something in that makes it fit. Mm. Yeah, so I and, and also just you know, it's not her it's her fault and it's a minor thing, but just some of the, the English language and the pronunciation is just so wrong. Um uh I vaunt you or whatever it is. And I, I just feel like ah oh, sometimes that just it just not even as an English speaker I think I think people will pick up on that a lot and it feels not quite authentic. I feel uncomfortable challenging her on her language because she's not an English native speaker. That's true. And, um, you know, she's getting up there and singing and performing. But that that line in particular, when she's like, oh, aren't you? I, that's such a basic mistake, using a V sound for a W sound. Has she not got a vocal coach who can drill that out of her? Because that's such an elementary level mistake. You know, I don't mind that there's, you know, people don't speak the language particularly well. That's not a problem, but that level of mistake just feels really uncomfortable. I don't know. The whole thing is a bit tawdry for me. I think, you know, it looks like they're, you know, sort of unimpressive audition for an erotic review. <laughs> it's, um, you know, when nobody gets the part. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it just looks a, a little bit cheap. I mean, you know, the song's still quite fun. It builds to a nice ending. Nice climax. It, it does. It does. And and Azerbaijan, they always kind of tend to do well. So, you know. I still don't do. see where any of the theme fits with Matahari and where the logic was of bringing a song about a Dutch spy to the stage in the Netherlands <laughs> actually fits. But, you know. There you go. <laughs> My next disappointment is Latvia. Samantha yeah, Tina. Okay. She's waited so bloody long to get on that stage and I just think she disappoints. I'm again, I think the theme of these is that we wanted more bullshit. You know, we wanted more crazy. We wanted more, you know, ridiculous nonsense going on stage. And they've not been it's not been brought by several artists this year. And I can understand why people want to, you know, hold back. But this just doesn't work. She's wearing green. She's got the the most fabulous backing singers of the whole contest. Those three women who, you know, do nonchalance so well and, you know, just create this lovely mood. These are the three women that she had I assume they're the same three women from her entry last year yes that she was yes with the ones where when I interviewed her and she had them standing right behind her yes literally looking at me with like almost like that you know they're going to go clean the toilets or something <laughs> afterwards like. they're, they're so much fun they're in green as well and the it's kind of like this kind of psychedelic kaleidoscopic backdrop in golds and browns and a little bit of green and it's lovely it's it's lovely but it's it's a con it's a clash and it just doesn't really 
work. So she's not doing anything particularly outrageous. And in those Colours of Rocks, then she ends up in the last place that Samantha Tina should ever be, and that's blending into the background. Mm. She needs to be at the front and very visible in this performance. And it's just, it, it's a wasted opportunity for me. I'm so disappointed by it. And I know that this isn't a song that everybody's warming to, but I love the, you know, the ridiculous nonsense of it all. Yeah, but also I think she's missing an opportunity to to really bring to the fore like that theme of empowering women. Other people in this year's Eurovision are going to be doing that better than her. And that, yeah, I agree. But there are disappointments. Let's get that negativity out of us. We are now going to move on to what we think are the looking goods. Monty, kick us off. Who's looks good for you? Well, one of these we've already spoken about, and that's Russia. I just think, you know, looking amazing. So let's just uh, notch that one up and I'll move on to talk about Ukraine. Um, I just, I had a feeling that this was going to create a moment on stage. There's something about the frenetic, fast pacing, building tempo of this. And it looks amazing. They've got this really kind of stark woodland that's just all white dead branches and the band are there there's a couple of dancers and they're kind of I think the the sort of the lyrics have a, a, a feeling of spring and renewal it's very much in that kind of folk tradition which doesn't sit at all alongside the music um, but I think there is the, the bit in the video where they connect it to um, the um exclusion zone around Chernobyl and it's got that feeling kind of like you know dead nature but renewing Mm. it as well at the same time so I like that it is completely crazy but it's just a really impactful performance I again see this as a a solid top tenner oh completely agree hard agree because I think what does well is that they've they've balanced off the harshness of Katerina she stares like absolutely unapologetically she stares at you down and she's delivering this song it's so intense but then it's softened by some of the colours that they use and these two guys dancing around with like this ring and they use it to sort of interact with her it just softens it all down it's not just like this harsh thing piercing you for three minutes <laughs> she is great and I love what she's wearing as well I mean we only saw yeah. the first rehearsal because there was the stand-in for the second rehearsal but um, yeah she's wearing a kind of like black PVC dress and this green sort of horsehair shoulder mm. thing I mean she looks like a cross between a dominatrix and a gonk <laughs> I just think it's absolutely brilliant put her on top of your pencil <laughs> <laughs> absolutely delightful delightful I agree actually Ukraine could have been one of my surprises but um, one of my looking goods is Malta and that's probably slightly unsurprising to some of you listening but it's looking good for me because it's bringing everything that I had wished for it's got Destiny front and centre her vocal is flawless as expected and it's bright and colourful and it's fun and it's just got the right tone for the, the theme that she's singing about um, when we talk about routes to victory and who, how can you win Eurovision, I think Malta has the broadest appeal. So mums, grannies, young kids wanting to be like Destiny. It's gay men. I think, you know, loads of different types of demographic will be on board with Malta. I think she's got the 
broadest appeal when you look at all the other songs that could be tipping it for the win. So, I yeah, for me, it's looking very good for Malta. It's always been a song I like rather than a song I love, but I'm far more invested in Destiny as an artist. Oh, for sure. You know, and I would absolutely love to see her win um, and Malta to get their, their first win. I like the way that she's just completely, boldly inhabiting her identity on the stage as well. You know, all power to her. San Marino is my next looking good. And I have to say, my looking goods here are not predictions of what I think is going to win. They're just songs that I think are looking good on stage. Oh, my God. Sunit, I mean, if anyone's had a glow up, she's gone from sort of, you know, kind of unremarkable jazz singer to iconic queen of ridiculousness. She's like (laughs) eBay, but in person form. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, you know, she's got this amazing over-the-top religious iconography headdress on at the start. I mean, they have to remove, remove it pretty quick because she can't sing or dance with it. <laughs> but, you know, for the look, for the opening look, it's fantastic. Four dancers around her in sort of blush pink um, knickerbockers oh, with long short, long socks, red glittery bother boots and balaclavas with cut-out uh, uh, cut stars for eyes. It's a, kind of like a camp clockwork orange. It's, it's just it's got a slight edge of menace and slight edge of, you know, nonsense about it. I just adore it. And of course, going on in the background is all of the flow or no rider debate. Is he is the rapper going to be there? He's not been there for the technical rehearsals. But of course, if he had been, that would have just left him a big gap. And we know he had a gig in Miami on Thursday judging a bikini contest. So he couldn't have been in Rotterdam. But there she is kind of really playing with the idea. She had stickers of flow rider and question marks on the religious iconography at the start of the <laughs> rehearsal. Second book, which is just, it's just absolutely high-end trolling. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, so we don't know. He could still turn up in time for Wednesday. He, the part he has to play is relatively easy. He doesn't necessarily need to be particularly rehearsed for that. It's what he does. So I think he could turn up and still be a late slot in. And I hope he does. It would just feel as though her freaky trip to Rotterdam has been made complete. Yeah, I think there's some camera shots that made me think, oh no, maybe they're not going to get Flo Rida because that wouldn't work for him. Um, but then there were some camera shots and I thought, how interesting how they've shot that. It makes me feel like, yeah, I kind of feel like they might be hedging their bets. There might be more going on than, than we realise rather than just a little silly little PR game. But uh, I, th- I, th- I think if I'm going to make a prediction is that he is going to be there. My prediction is as well. I mean, she's got the person that she's rehearsed with if he isn't. And I'm sure that they've got a change of graphic, you know, from flow to no. no. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it's joyful. Absolutely joyful. And I ju- I'm so impressed by how changed an artist and how changed a delight she is since what for me was a bit of a nothing song in Dusseldorf 10 years ago. Oh God, yeah. Oh, hard agree. Adore her. So, uh, Monty, my looking good is Bulgaria. Mm-hmm. Again, might be slightly unsurprising because I, I've always said that I've liked Victoria. But I think the thing for me was we know that Bulgaria really want to win Eurovision. They've made no bones about it. They've tried really hard. They've come close. 
And I just feel like maybe this year they might have been trying a bit too hard. Um, that was my worry. Not that I thought that. I was worried that they might bring something and just be a bit, uh, you're not quite getting it. You're not quite hitting the mark. Well, completely wrong. They've completely nailed it. They have stripped back a little bit of the staging. So it's kind of the focus is very much on Victoria on the song. And there's kind of like, she's like on a, I suppose it's like a, a long, like jutting out slab of rock, like sandy rock, it kind of looks like. And they've got like a sand from an hourglass type falling down. Like she's in a, she's like in some dimension. Um, <laughs> but I'm just, I think it's very classy. I think she performs it with just the right amount of sort of, not tact, but she she just doesn't overdo anything it's little looks to camera but she's not so coy that you think oh for god's sake just you know like get some energy girl it, it, she just she just delivers it exactly right I think they've just nailed this and top five for me I think mm-hmm. I think so uh, Monty but you've got another looking good a final looking goods I do and it's Albania I was anticipating this rehearsal and I wanted her to bring the dancing boys that's similar to the one she'd had in the um, Festival of Kings. Tin and foil. I, were they tin foil? They were in tin foil there. And this is the thing I thought, you know, well, it's got to be warmer in the Ahoy Arena than it was in Tirana in December outside. <laughs> so I thought, you know, that, that bodes well for maybe, you know, whoever she brings whipping their shirts off. But she's on stage alone. And, you know, 10 seconds into this, you completely realise that she needs nobody else. She commands this stage. It's a one of the best vocals this year. Um, it is Albanian power ballad variation 37219, but she sings it so well and it's just an absolute delight. It's a storming performance. The juries are instructed, among other things, to vote on the vocal ability and the overall impression of the performance. And if they're the criteria, you know, the points should be raining down on this. They really should, because mm. it's so, so well delivered. And for me, this should get Albania's best results for a while. I think this should be a top 10 for them. Oh, okay. Interesting. I agree. I think if there's anybody who had any doubts about should she have won the national final, uh, there was a few people, there was lots of favourites for that. Um they're they're probably put been quiet now because that is one incredible performance. I'm not sure top ten, but definitely she's qualified. Should should okay. not not necessarily will, yeah. but should if there's any justice in the world. There are others as well that you know we think are looking good. You know, France is very impressive. Iceland is very impressive. You know, we could go on and talk about a lot more, but we just wanted to pick a selection of the things that we think are looking brilliant, not necessarily predictions to win but talking of predictions maybe it's time that we punt on what we think will be the qualifiers yes so this is me and monty putting our list together on our own (laughs) and then comparing notes so um we've actually not too dissimilar we kind of have a, a similar idea of what we think might happen so let's run through the list per semi-final 
and we are going to obviously then get to the, the songs that we disagree on. But first of all, Monty, what is the first song that we think is qualifying from semi-final one? From semi-final one, and these aren't in any order. These right. are just the or songs we think are qualifying. We both think Sweden is qualifying. Then the second song is Motor. The third song we agree on is Cyprus. Fourth song, Ukraine. The fifth is Lithuania. The sixth song is Russia, Minisha. We agree still on seven songs, Azerbaijan. Eighth song is A Girl from Ireland. And a ninth song that we agree on is Croatia. Mm. So Matt, is it 10 out of 10 or do we diverge? We diverge now. <laughs> <laughs> now, interesting, when I was writing this up for this podcast these notes i changed my mind how many times one team in the time three four times how many songs were left yeah. <laughs> about that many so and i think you know when it comes to qualifiers there's always the last couple of countries that you think oh it really could be any mm-hmm. um so this is where we diverge so for me my final qualifier from semi one is belgium and for me my final qualifier is norway dicks Yes. Yeah. So nine, nine that we agree on. So mm. you know that's not bad. So we're either you know going to get a maximum nine, or we might get ten, or we'll see. We won't both get ten though. No. No. What about the second semi-final, Matt? What's the first song in the second semi-final that we agree on, and how many will we agree on? Ooh, well, first country is Switzerland. The next that we agree on is Iceland. Third is San Marino of. <laughs> and then Bulgaria. After that, Moldova. Then Greece. Seventh qualifier, we think it's going to be Czech Republic or Czechia. Serbia is an eighth song that we agree on. Ninth is Albania, we mentioned it just then. Nine agree. And what about the last one? Do we have agreement or do we diverge again? We agree, Monty. We do. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were writing our notes and we were just like, oh, this isn't different at all. We yeah. all kind of really agree, which is crazy because it's such an open year. Absolutely. So our final country is Austria. Yeah. There you go. Ten songs. We, we complete agreement about what's going to qualify from the second semi-final. So there you have it, a little update from us since we've watched the rehearsals. Our surprises, our disappointments, what we think is looking good and the all-important qualifiers. We will check back on those qualifiers (laughs) after the semi-finals and see how many that we got right. In the meantime, what can they do, Matt? Well, they can contact us if you want. How can they do it? Well, you can get us on Twitter, which is at Second Cherry. Instagram, second underscore cherry. Facebook, second cherry podcast. Or you can email us at... Hello! At secondcherry.vision. That's hello at secondcherry.vision. Please do get in touch. We would love to hear your thoughts and uh, whether you think our predictions are are right or whether you think they're way off the mark. Yeah, actually, you can do that now. Like, do it, like, now. Like, you finished the podcast now. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Email us. Yeah, we're going to finish it again. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> we will be back, as I said. We're going to have a Eurovision review 
a bit like this, we're just going to run through what the hell happened on the night, because I'm sure we're still going to be in for some big surprises. Gendrick. Gendrick is a loose cannon. Yes. I'm convinced that he's going to go off script in on the night. Yeah. <laughs> There's, Let's have a moment, please. <laughs> there's potential for so much to go wrong and we're here for it. <laughs> so that's us then. We'll see you in... Soon. Soon. <laughs> <laughs> we lost all sense of time. I have no mm. idea what day it is. Oh uh, yeah, I've, we've been lost in the vortex of rehearsals. Yeah. So. We're going to head yeah. off now and uh, eat some more street waffles. <laughs> Fabulous. Speak to you soon. Speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.